on everybody we are back here with another episode i will admit i will mention i have congestion and some coughing i don't have covid as far as i know i might be sick but other than that if i cough that's why and if i sound like i'm gonna cough up my spleen that's why but we are joined today by panthers fan and also abbreviation of CC or CHH for Charlotte Hornets headline, which is my new Hornets fan page I started 12 days ago at the time of recording. Yeah. This guy has been my best friend for a while. He's been in a couple episodes, actually. Um, he's, he's part of the podcast. But, yeah, basically because of the MLB lockout, of which I explained in our most recent episode as best as I could, um... We will be talking about our favorite moments from this MLB season. And along with some surprises and some definite uh, disappointments from the season, too. Like, we'll, we'll get into disappointments first. Biggest disappointment of the season. Who's yours, Jake? I'm going to go with every year, it seems like almost. Not trying to rip any fan bases here, but it seems like the Yankees. Every year, every year, they like the Dodgers. You could go with two because they spend a ton of money, but like they at least make the playoffs and typically win yeah. at least like a thing. But like the Yankees, every year it seems like they're they're like, and then whenever they lose, they just say twenty seven championships, which is true. They have won those. I, I agree. Can't the take Yankees that away. But like every year, every year, look at their lineup. They trade for Anthony Rizzo. And they it's Stanton, Judge, Rizzo, Sanchez, but Sanchez. He's not really been consistent. Gallo. And he also sucks at defense. Like, not even going to lie. Like, that dude can't even catch a baseball. Like, what are you doing? Wait, Gallo, Cole. I mean, their lineup is stacked. The Cole's yeah. a pitcher. I mean, well, <laughs> Cole's a pitcher. They went 92 and 70 and still. Like, they have win. a good regular season, but they never do anything in the playoffs, it seems like. And forever. Yeah. They, they sucked in the playoffs, though. But then again, they were facing another 92 and 70 team. I mean, can't expect much there. I know it's a wild card game, but still, like, it just seems like they can never get. And they don't. on the road in Boston. That is a rough place to play. I'm not saying I'm not saying they should have won that, but I'm saying just in general the last few years, not just last season. They've been like they should be going somewhere, and they haven't. And yes, in yeah. the year where they played the Astros, they might have been robbed of something that could have been a World Series year. But yeah, I, I agree totally because they they could have obviously beat the uh, Dodgers. In the World Series, it would have been probably a good series. Probably would have been pretty close. Don't know who would have won, but yeah. Um, my biggest disappointment—it's a tie, honestly. My biggest disappointments were the Padres and the Mets. I would both also throw in—they were, hyped... were <laughs> both hyped up so much. The Padres were supposed to try and be the ones that were gonna try and fight the reigning World Series champs and the Dodgers for the division title and in the playoffs. And the Mets were supposed to be a contender. And then the Mets go 77-85, can't pull off an offense. The ground gets hurt every year, or every week, sorry. Their pitching goes to shreds. I mean, everything goes downhill for them no matter what they do. They make a bunch of moves. Their fans hate them. The players hate the fans. Basically, they were fire. Like with the Mets, or not the Mets, the Padres, excuse me, like they brought in a lot of good starting pitching, like Blake Snell, yeah. they brought in, they brought in so many good guys, but like 
didn't work. Yeah, just the didn't work. Is- the offense wasn't that bad. Like they kind of just they had a really good start to the year, and then just like after the All Star break, pretty much they just were bad. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even start with the Padres. I'm gonna be very hypocritical today, honestly, but I didn't even start with the Padres. The Padres. They brought in so much firepower. They still have Machado and Tatis, who are on over $600 million for contracts. They yeah, but if you want to speak contract. about contracts, let's go talk about the Rangers then. <clears throat> Those players might actually turn into something, though. Yeah, but they spent over, like, I think, 650 mil on a shortstop yeah, in second base. By the time that the contracts are about to be up, they'll be a decent have players like they'll have good prospects that'll come up. Their farm, their farm system isn't too bad, but the thing about the Padres is they're terrible. Well, they, they brought, traded everybody. They traded everybody this offseason. That's how they got all their pitchers. They pretty much traded everybody. They traded their best farm system catcher to the Rays for well, Blake, Snow. Blake Snow. It looked like it was going to be a good trade for Blake Snow. He was literally. Did you see him in the World Series the year before? He was crazy. I don't know why the manager took him out. I don't get that. I get Kevin Cash has his own way and stuff, but I still didn't agree with that. Originally. But then I decided to pull off what he pulled off and have a terrible year. And then you Darvish had a bad year. Yeah, it was just bad around. It wasn't that good overall. And then also they had – that towards the end of the year, like coming up to the trade deadline, they had some like they uh I think it was Eric Cosmer and like the team where they were just a mess. Like I don't know what was going on. Like nobody totally liked them on the team. Uh, that you can't have that going on in the locker room if you want to like go somewhere. You gotta all be on the same page. You can't be yelling yeah. at each other. I a thousand percent agree. Now let's get into the biggest surprises of the year. Jake, what I could start with that one. San Francisco Giants. Where the heck did they come from? Like, nobody expected them to be good. Like, let's just say something real quick. Everybody on that team who's old just decided, all right, we're going back to our prime. Buster Posey. um, Belt was pretty good. Um, Who else? Uh, Even Evan Longoria, too. He He got hurt, but he decided to come out of the middle of nowhere and just say, I'm good now. Evan Longoria did too, but he got hurt and he didn't do much in the end of the year. But he still did something. So nobody expected him to be good. Pretty much after he left the Rays, that everyone thought, well, he'll have to go play a few more years. But that's pretty much it. Like Rays was his team. That's where he had his prime. That's where pretty much his career will be. And everyone will remember him from, which is probably still true. Everyone will probably remember him from the Rays. But exactly. I agree. Um, and then they also had some really good starting pitching, like Kevin Gosman and just, like, that rotation. I did not expect to be that yeah, good. Webb, the newcomer. That guy was insane this year. Yeah, they did lose Gosman, unfortunately, to free agency to yeah. Toronto. But he got a huge deal. Definitely yeah. makes sense for Toronto when they lost their one of their big guys, Robin Ray. So oh, they had yeah. to replace him. They're like, we got to get somebody. So they went for That's Gosman. True. That is very, very true. Now, my... Another... Oh, okay, you got one? I have a couple. I have, like, two. My biggest surprises of the year were... I will say San Francisco was definitely one. Yeah, that's definitely the number one by far. There's nothing that's even close. 
Who thought they were going to be good? After the their, who? Boston. After their Boston. Mediocre, yeah. After See, their mediocre 2020 season, mm-hmm. and then, them making like almost no great signings in the off season. Who thought they would be the team to beat like, before the second half of the season? Like with the Red Sox, the thing is that they just have such a good history that I feel like even if they don't have the greatest players, they could still find a way to be good. Like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But they yeah, just have the... such a good culture like there for the team. Like They could just figure it out, I feel like. Not, yeah, maybe not to win a World Series. Like, yeah, that might be a little obsessive, but at least be, like, a good, relevant team. Like, obviously, they're still popular and relevant, but, like, I mean, like, good where they make the playoffs or get really close, even if their team's not very good on paper. Yeah. See, I, I mean, didn't think San Francisco – I didn't think San Francisco could do that, but they did this year at least. Well, yeah, I admit Boston – Hunter Renfro definitely helped that go along. It was incredible to see what he For sure. He, after last year, he knew he had something to prove, and the Red Sox put faith in him, and he proved it. Yeah, especially he wants to prove it, especially when he was just in that division with the Rays. He wants to show him that was not a good move. You should have brought me back. Yeah. Especially being in that same division. But now he's in uh, <laughs> on the that. Brewers. He's on the Brewers now, back with uh, his former Rays teammate, Willie Adamez. So see all he can do there. Gonna be I'm, Christian Yelich. That's gonna be pretty fun for them. I miss both of them so much. Okay, and then uh, another another surprise team for me was the Cardinals during the end of the year. During the start of the year, if you told me they were gonna be ninety and seventy two, I would have said, "Yeah, it seems about right." But at the end of the year, if you told me they were gonna go on an eighteen game win streak, almost beat the Dodgers in the wild card round. And the Dodgers being in the wild card round with 105 wins, I would have called you crazy. Yeah, especially that San Francisco won the division with 107. Like, imagine winning over 100 games and not even winning your own division. Like, that's just crazy. And you look at the Cardinals record at the All-Star break. It was not good. It really wasn't. Yeah, they pretty much did the opposite of the Padres. It was incredible to just witness that. Like, they started by beating the Dodgers twice, and then, like, at the All-Star break, they were coming off of going, like, mediocre. They were, like, 500 or something. But, like, a week or two before, they were on a four-game win or four-game losing streak. It was rough. Yeah, so pretty Yep. So pretty much what I'm thinking is, see, the Padres and Cardinals first half of the season were pretty much complete opposite, second half complete opposites. That's why St. Louis made it to the playoffs. Well, Padres didn't because Padres started really well and then just, yeah. nope. And then St. Up. Louis started like, eh, they weren't like as bad like the Padres were in the second half. They were like, eh, they were going up and down, up and down. They couldn't stay consistent. Second half of the year, they pretty much go almost straight up. So Yeah, it, it was incredible. So then, those are my surprises this mm-hmm. year. What's your other one? So I would say I would kind of surprised with it's kind of more of a disappointment, but I'm still kind of surprised on how bad the Twins were. They just 
I don't know why they were so bad. Obviously, that's why they sold at the trade deadlines. They were like, well, we have nowhere to go, so we might as well get rid of people and try to get some good people for next year but or in some prospects. But I have no clue why they were so bad. Like, they started off the year bad. I'm like, okay, they'll, they'll catch up. They're the twins. They're such a good, good team. They haven't been able to do anything in the playoffs. That's correct. They haven't won really in the playoffs, but they've been able to at least be a good regular season team. Yeah. But they, have, they were just so bad this year. They weren't too I think, far. I think they were actually worse than the Tigers, I believe, to finish out the year. They were only about eight games. They were worse than the Tigers. The Tigers were 77 and 85. They were only two games back from them. Or, sorry, four games back from them. But, but yeah, I don't... only eight games from 500, so it's not too bad. I know, but they were expected to, like, make the playoffs, and some people even had them winning the division. I thought the White Sox would, like, they did. But yeah, a lot of people even had them winning the division still. I would thought they would be two. That was my opinion. I thought they would be two and maybe sneak into a wild card, but. They were just yeah. – I thought they would be better. All right. Let's and go for, our... oh. for some players, I was just going to add a few players in there. Very surprised with how good Post- Buster Posey was this year. Definitely a good way to end, end his career, have a really good year. Yeah. But I feel like Great. he should have went one more maybe because it was a really good year and the Giants still have a lot of their players. They lost Gosman, but other than that, they really kept a lot overall. I feel very saddened by uh, that loss, honestly. But now it's time for their next catcher because I'm pretty sure they have like a really good prospect or something that's going to be coming in. So, yeah, got to move on. This, I, if he didn't retire last year, I would have said this upcoming year is definitely his last year. There was no way he was going after this year because he was getting pretty old, obviously. Obviously, kind of like isn't uh, Molina's last year this year coming up? For St. Louis, uh, Molina, this coming year, right? Yeah, twenty twenty two is his final year, and it's going to be rough for everybody. That that guy, he was, hasn't been the same player in a while, but he's still just still really good. Like, well, obviously, know, not as good as he's been, but still good though. He's still the same guy for throwing out guys at second. Well, yeah, that, but he as a player overall, that guy, that guy is the best guy to if you want to catch someone stealing that guy is the best guy for it i mean yeah, he's he, definitely a good fielder that's I, for sure that's why most people knew him but it's just really sad to see him end up going out for retirement but let's start right. with oh all right let's, you got let's start with the uh, favorite moments of the year I got to go with the obvious one, like not even me being a White Sox fan, just being like un, like just the best moment, like even just, if it wasn't the White Sox, still would have been so fun. Like the 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 dr- field of dreams game in Iowa, first year ever the the MLB played a professional regular season game in Iowa. Like that was just, um, that game was amazing. Like the whole thing coming out the corn, like in the way it ended was just, such like a movie it the, you go into the ninth inning you go into the ninth inning White Sox bring in their closer Liam Hendricks try to slam the door Yankees say no hit home run come back bomb of the ninth <laughs> the man himself with all the energy for the White Sox Tim Anderson walks it off yeah first just, pitch of the at bat just saying the Yankees say no yeah that was just 
That was say no. Yeah, the Yankees were saying no, White Sox. You're not getting this close. Get out of here. We're winning. And then the White, <laughs> and then Tim Anderson came over and said, uh, "You think you were winning? Nah, I'm good." And then just runs around the bases like, "Yeah, I just hit a walk off. Get out of here." Yeah, but that was, that definitely had to be the best game. That the production of that was amazing too. Like they even had the whole field, like the players, uh, like everyone was going on after the game, and then they had the even this old fashioned scoreboard in the back. They had they were just perfect. Beautiful yeah. day too for I, the game there. I totally agree. Luckily, now, it didn't get rained out because that would have been that would have been sad if it rained and then it got like destroyed. But they did have, like, some storms before the game, I know, like, a few days before, and it almost, like, ruined the whole thing. So they had to, like, go – like, farmers had to work, like, I think, like, uh, like overnight and stuff trying to get the corn back so it wouldn't be bad for the game. There was, like, a huge storm a few days before from what yeah. I heard. So that was pretty impressive, too, to be able to get everything back where you could still have it and you could tell. But, yeah, definitely fun game to watch. And then the Cubs and Reds should have fun with that this upcoming year. The day is July 2nd. Is that the next Field of Dreams game? The day is July 2nd, 2021. Oh. Blue Jays currently lead 10 to nothing against the Rays. The Rays decide <laughs> we give up this game. We take it. <laughs> And we put in the man, the myth, the legend, Airplane Man. <laughs> yep. That that game was the greatest he game was ever. so excited. Oh, especially when the bullpen warm-ups were hilarious, first of all. Man went on a full squat and then came up. Then he yeah, was then waiting when... a bullpen. <laughs> he was like, open up, I'm trying to get out of here. Then once he was let out, he full-blown sprinted. <laughs> I don't know if he realized that he, he can't, even if he gets over there quicker, it's not going to start pitching. You got to wait. The first pitch he threw was a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. And then he... Yeah, and then his next pitch was like 47. <laughs> yeah, and then the next pitch was like 47. I mean, it was so funny. And the first, the first guy was an out. The second guy was an out. You thought it would be a one, two, three. Sally, it was a single, a balk, a walk, a walk, a single. So they did score. And yeah, then, and then I got the third out. The first pitch of the game, everyone's like, all right, here comes some like 40 or maybe 50. He throws 94. Everyone's like, what the heck? Exactly. It was- but then they're like 47 the next pitch. Okay, that seems more about right. <laughs> it was, man's just like, and then he, finally, I think he used too much. I think he used too much energy on that first pitch, going ninety four. You <laughs> wanted to prove everybody, and then he wafted it in there for the forty seven mile an hour pitch. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, like he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna let the ball. We're gonna throw some football. We're gonna waft it in, but it just <laughs> comes down. Yeah, another one of my favorite moments was all the no hitters. Like, congrats to all those guys that threw them. It were a lot. It was actually most no hitters in a season. Yeah. At one point, but sadly not anymore. But hey, that was a great season with no hitters. Great. Part of the reason why that record never came was because if you look, I think all of them other than one or two came before they had that sticky substance thing. Yeah. Where they would start checking. So 
I'm not going to say some guys cheated, but at the same time, there might it have. Been, that, but but then, technically, if you think about it, technically, it shouldn't be cheating because, like, obviously, like, the offensive guys can use stuff. So, shouldn't technically the pitchers. I, I hate the rule. Because you look at Tyler Glass now. That guy got injured because of the rule. Like, <clears> I get they were trying to do it, but in my opinion – like, I get it was getting ridiculous. That's why there were so many no-hitters, or at least that's why everyone thought. Obviously, we don't know for sure, and we're not going to probably yeah. ever know that. But I get the point. They didn't want – because there wasn't very much offense. You look at the offense, it was so down, and the strikeouts were way up, up, up. And all the, like, uh, ERAs were very low for all the teams and stuff. Not all of them, but majority of them. Which I get that's good for pitching, but, like, if you're the MLB – you make your money off home runs and offense, not pitching, to be yeah. honest. It's just kind of like in it's kind of like in basketball or football or whatever. You make your money from the offense, not the defense. So if you have a really yeah. good, if you have a like in football, if you have a ten nothing win or a thirty five to thirty two, which game's gonna do better? The thirty five to thirty two. That's all offense, and everybody wants to watch yeah. offense. Nobody cares about defense. That's most not nobody, but very few people. So when the MLB saw that, they're like, well, we need to start making some money, so we got to make a change here. And I think they personally should have waited until after the season to make that change because then you could have the whole offseason to get adjusted to it and spring training. But I guess they just need to get the ratings back up. The ratings were probably down because of that. You got to hear this part out, though. When there's a no-hitter or a perfect game on in in the seventh inning, a lot of people will turn on that game. Yes, they'll but the thing on, is, but they'll turn on that game. And the, the that, thing is, though, because I know from experience, my father he won't turn on a no hitter until it's the eighth inning. Like and, I get where you're coming from for that, but the thing is, is that with that is like, yes, it's good, but like the thing is, there's more games where you're gonna have if it's good offense, more home runs and just offense in general, then you're going to see a perfect hit, perfect game slash no hitters. Like, even if you have a lot of those, there still just would be more of home runs and offense. That would happen more regularly. And if you're the MLB and you're trying to make money, which one is going to happen more often so you can make more money and more viewerships? The high-scoring games or the no hitters? Yeah. Most likely the high-scoring games. So even though the no hitters – will obviously get views on that because people – that's, like, history and stuff. People would love to see no-hitters or perfect games. But it's just – the thing is is that it's just not going to really happen very often. It's a lot more likely for home runs and stuff because the guys that are batters, a lot of them are really good hitters and stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, Carlos Rodon was so close to a perfect game, and then he hit the dude in the foot. He got so mad. <laughs> he was, like, two oh, out. Because I think there was one out in the ninth, and he hit the dude in the foot. He was like, ah, you're so mad after it. But he still got the no-hitter, but it would have been so much cooler to get a perfect game, you know, because that's so much more rare. Obviously, no-hitter's still rare, but. Yeah. So that's kind of what put Carlos Rodon on the map for most people, like nationally. I agree. When they saw that. Especially if they were watching that ninth inning and they saw you was almost getting a perfect game. I totally... That definitely would put some people on the map see him. Which yeah. is why he's expected to get a lot of money once the lockout's ever over. Which, I could see the Mets going for him because the Mets aren't afraid to spend money. And the three-punch of DeGrom, Scherzer, and Rodon, that would be pretty nasty. Not oh. going to lie. 
I would, uh, I'm not going to say I would quit watching baseball. That would probably make me watch the Mets more. <laughs> that I would just make it nasty. The thing like, is, they would have to be, the one problem with Rodon is he gets hurt too much. Like, even last year, he still got hurt. He, his problem is he can't stay healthy. So that's why I don't know if they would throw out the money of the Mets. But if they're trying to still make the push that they want to do for a World Series, they got to get some good guys in there. So you take a little bit of risk getting Rodon, at least in my opinion. Maybe on like three-year deal, maybe, give or take, yeah. something like that, two uh, years. Players to make a push. I know the Rays don't have money, but how about the fact that they went a hundred, they had a hundred wins this year? How in the world does a team that doesn't pay players and that does that didn't have good prospects in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, like meaning that we're in the league, do well, good? The how thing is with the Rays, the Rays and A's are normally pretty similar. The A's weren't as good as they normally were last year. Like the A's and Rays are normally very similar, where they won't spend money. Here's the difference. The Rays owner, he does. He's one of the like I think least expensive owners in the league, like he's, valued wise. Obviously, he's still rich because you gotta be rich to own a team. You, but I'm saying I think he's like one of the least valued. But then on the other hand, the A's, it, he's not the most valued, but he's not the least. He's kind of like somewhere in the middle. I think a little bit more expensive side, but he won't spend money either. So the Rays, it kind of makes sense. They also don't make a lot of ticket sales typically because where their stadium is or ballpark is located in Tampa and also the ballpark itself is normally one of the worst reviewed ones. I've never actually been to it personally, but it's normally worst reviewed as one of the worst ballparks in the whole league. And also to get there, I've never been to Tampa, so I can't say, but I've heard to get there. You got to go across. There's only one way there's a bridge and that's it. There's this one bridge and it's typically busy. I've heard. So to get – you really want to go across that 80-something uh, times a year, assuming you have season tickets, you really want to do that almost every game just to go go across the bridge in traffic, get to the ballpark when it's not even that good of a ballpark compared to other ones in the MLB. It's just a lot to do if you really don't – it's kind of just inconvenient. It would be, I think, a lot better if they could find a way to get in downtown Tampa, like the Lightning and Bucks and like that. That would work a lot better. So that's also part of the reason why they don't get a ton of money. Because if you don't make ticket sales, then where are you making your money? I I mean, I did go to a game this year. The stadium isn't as bad as people think. It's not that bad. I haven't personally been there. I'm just taking that off what I've heard. But I've heard it's almost always one of the worst-reviewed ballparks in the MLB. It's not as bad as the Angels. I will tell you that much. I didn't say the worst. I just know it's one of is typically how it's rated. So I didn't say the worst. You probably would not be wrong with that. But the Angels is definitely the worst ballpark in the whole MLB. Because the thing is, they also probably need to go get, like, a new stadium somewhere. Because the because the, the Tropicana Field has been there for a while. So it's old also. Yeah, the drive down across that bridge was a bit of a hassle. Yeah, that's probably part of the reason. Why are you going to go drive all the way down that if you're going to a ballpark that's not some crazy ballpark and it's just some old dome? Just pretty much well, what it is. Well, here's the thing. If you already, like, live there, not, like, across the bridge, I mean, then it's not that much of a hassle. But if you got to go across the bridge, which is where everybody is, is in downtown Tampa, you got to go across that bridge because yeah, it's in a I, different city, technically. Not as many people go to the games because of the bridge. 
Because Tampa Old is t- where most of your fans are going to be, not in St. Augustine. Probably Tampa is where your fans are going to be, like the Lightning and Bucks fans. Just- but their stadiums are in the city, so they don't have to go drive across a bridge. They can just drive in the city, and they get there, or walk, depending on how far they are. Did you just say St. Augustine? Yeah, isn't that what it's called? St. Petersburg. Sorry, I don't, I've never been to the area. I don't actually know the area too well. Sorry. St. Pete. Okay, I'm trying here. I know it was saying something. I, I don't know. Oh, I know. You're good. You're good. But yeah, I don't, I've never been to Tampa or West Coast, Florida, so I can't tell you. Never well, been over there. Remind Jake really quickly, Mookie Betts is not a top five player in the MLB. All right, we're not doing this conversation right now. Wander Franco, baby. Okay, Wander Franco is not top five right now. Top he five. definitely could be. He definitely could be. I'm not going to argue that, but he's Man, definitely not, not right now. Not, not right now. Sorry, he's not that good. In the league. No, he is definitely not top five yet. He had one season where he played half the year, and that's it. All right, my top five going here. (laughs) No, we're not doing this right now. Oh, yes, we are. I don't have a top five right now. Fine, I do. And you can argue with mine all you want. DeGrom's definitely up there. If not, then you're stupid. DeGrom is one. (laughs) DeGrom is one. Otani is two. Three would be Trout. Four is Guerrero Jr. Hold on. Hold on. All right. All right, sorry. All right. Five is Bryce Harper. Yeah. So Mookie Betts already not in the top five. You said you were doing top five, so why are you going yeah. more? I'm not. I'm just saying. Mookie oh, Betts. <laughs> I thought it sounded like you were going more. I'm like, what? No. Mookie Betts isn't in the top five. Yeah, okay. All right, whatever. But, um... Top five for right fielders, but not in general. Okay. He's not even the best right now. But the... And if you ask me who is better for right fielders, I will tell you one name, the first name of the man that goes by Juan. Soto. Yup. Man, it's better than... pretty decent. Pretty good. Yeah, that guy's better than Mookie Betts. Juan Soto's number six. All right, well, we're not uh, – I don't have a list right now. And then also the um, – You can't tell me Mookie Betts is right. a top five player anymore. You can't. The, the thing is, is that the – here's the thing. Even though the Rays – here's the thing. Even though the Rays, like, you know, they don't spend money, they just somehow find – they always have prospects somehow, and then they just – because pretty much what they do is when they are about to have to pay someone, they trade them for prospects, and then those prospects come up and play, and they, it's just like a repeating cycle. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much all we got for now with the lockout still going on. Well, hang on. Wander Franco, I will say something about the Raisin prospects and Wander Franco. When the Rays did sign Wander Franco internationally, they had international spending money. The Yankees were going to sign him. The one problem was... No money. figured out the Yankees didn't have any international spending money left, and they would have actually paid him illegal money at that point. Like, it would have been against league rules. So uh, that would have been bad. Yeah. The Rays mentioned it to the MLB. Yankees couldn't spend what they needed to spend to get Wander... And so the Rays got Wander. And the, if the Yankees could have gotten Wander, they would be unstoppable. Oh, imagine that. 
That's what they need, a shortstop right now. Yup. Guess exactly what they need. At the start of this year, the number one prospect of baseball for the last two years. Also, Randy, Randy Rosarena was somehow a prospect and a rookie. We, uh, that was funny. He won. Yeah, I, I, I get, like, why, like, he didn't technically have enough eligibility, but I still just don't think he should have won it. Like, he was already in the league, technically, for two seasons before that. Like, I get that's how the MLB works. What not really. He'll technically be a rookie next year? Probably, based on how All the right. works. Oh, baby. I don't know the exact rules, but it's probably somewhere like that. It probably is considered well, rookie, but. I, I get why, because, like, let's say you get called up for, like, the last three weeks of a season. Like, yeah, that shouldn't count your rookie year. But, like, at the same time, I kind of don't like that. Because then, like, if you only play a few weeks every season, then by, like, your fourth or fifth season, that might be your actual rookie year. That That's why I don't really like that. But Probably I get why. The last two months of the year. Yeah, like, I get why it works like that. I, I just don't like it. Because then, because then it's too confusing. It's like, who's a rookie and who's not? Like, it's just, it's just a mess. But it's it's not that big a video in grand scheme of things, but yeah. All right, everybody, that will do it for this episode of Clubhouse Chatter. We hope you enjoyed. Feel free to leave us questions because I'm opening that up. You guys can ask us anything baseball related, like our takes, anything you guys want, actually. But as long as it's not too bad, too inappropriate, it's fine. Nothing's off limits otherwise. But I would like to give a quick shout-out to Jake's um, new Hornets fan page account. Charlotte Hornets Headlines. Not only, but Headlines. You can go it's check that out. Headline. There's no S at the end. It's just Headline. Sorry. Sorry, you, I just wanted to correct you. Yeah. You guys can go check that out if you guys want. I will most likely post in that story, shouting out the channel, saying that this episode is up to uploaded. Sorry. I should have this episode out by tomorrow, either tonight or tomorrow from when I edit it. But as I said, everybody, that'll do it for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and we will see you all in the next one.